Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Develop podcast. I'm so excited to be with you all as we continue to connect, learn, and grow together. Joining me today is Jackson Jones, Audit Senior Manager in our Permian Basin Market. He's been in the industry for more than six years now and serves a broad range of clients, and we are so excited to learn more about you today. Welcome to the Develop Podcast. Awesome. Glad to be here. We are excited. So let's just dive right in. Um, so first, tell us a little bit about you. You know, where are you from? Where'd you go to school? And what did what'd you study? Oh, this will take a while. Um, <laughs> so originally from Bryan College Station um, and went to Baylor for undergrad. I am proud to say we don't have any, any Aggies in my immediate family. They're mm-hmm. all Texas X's or, or I went to Baylor. Um, Graduated there and then moved to Fort Worth uh, 2011, did a master's in health administration, um, and at the same time went back and did a post-bachelor in accounting at the same time. So it was a fun year and a half, two years, a um, lot of lot of upper upper level school and classes, but got me eligible to sit for the, C- for the CPA exam and then um, started taking that January of 2013. And then started Whitley Penn June of 13. Um, and that was in our Fort Worth office. And then was there up until um, August of 22. And then I moved, finally moved out here, finally found a house and had kiddo number two right in the middle of all that. So <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, we're definitely going to pick your brain on that, that transition from Fort Worth out to the Midland Odessa area. But let's backtrack. So you started in commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. Then got your master's in healthcare administration while also doing your uh, post bachelor's in accounting. Walk us kind of through that roadmap. Were you thinking of something else? Where did the accounting just kind of pop up out of nowhere and you decided that's what I'm going to do? Take well, us through that process. Yeah. So as, as I was finishing at Baylor, you know, it's basically a finance degree. I had a minor, I started taking some upper level electives in accounting, which basically got me to a a minor or concentration, one of those terms in accounting when I graduated. But at that point, I didn't want to go back and do their master's accounting at Baylor tuition prices for another two years, right? As you're on the cusp of graduating. So I said, okay, well, Hey, I, I like law school, wanted to try that out. And then I was prepping, doing the LSAT, looking, got into a, a couple and was like, do I really want to take this much debt on? Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of did a cost to benefit. It probably should have done it earlier, but that's where I was like, okay, masters of some type of business or healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and my whole family is kind of in the healthcare industry, either in practicing medicine or in the corporate management side. So okay. it's kind of an easy, I've been exposed to it it was a business avenue into healthcare. So I was like, all right, it's applicable. I got into it and and it was, it was, I guess, easier to me than what I expected. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I did a like accounting. Maybe let's see if I can do explore an option of like, I let me take some upper levels and see if I still like it and, and kind of maybe explore that route. And then after the first semester of doing that grad school, full-time grad school, and then doing nine hours of upper level accountings, it all, I was like, oh, this is great. I like it. And then that's, all right, let's crank out another 27 hours of accounting. I love it. And, and so, yeah, yeah it, was, it was like 90 something hours in a year and a half that I cranked out. And um, it was, you it was the it. best decision, right? Yeah. That led to a career that I'm in now that I 
thoroughly enjoy and yeah that's pretty awesome it. so yeah it was um it, at the time you're like do I really want to do this what I'm completely <laughs> pivoting but it was do it now rather than later before you get married get you yeah. know settle down in a career and it was like this is the time if we're gonna make a jump at all let's let's pick the right right career path that's gonna be I guess more enjoyable and so mm-hmm. you know yeah. low 20s age group is like, this is the time to do it. So yeah, I think that's, you know, great advice for anyone listening that is maybe doing something and like, be open to a class you do really well in and and really think about long-term what you could excel in. It doesn't always have to be what you're in right now. I mean, your background is so varied. Um, Do you think any of anything you learned going through that, like commercial real estate, healthcare administration, did any of those I don't know, classes set you up better um, for accounting or a different way of thinking about it or looking at it all? Absolutely. So it definitely my undergrad really prepared me for grad school because, and that's one reason when I got into grad school, having such a good uh, business background, it made it way easier. And yeah, almost where the point I was like, I'm kind of, and there were some classes that struggled, but it was, it gave you a different exposure to how how different operations and different mindset doing my master's. Um, But then I got through, I mean, accounting is debits and credits, but then when you're looking now, looking at clients and and audit work, having that finance background plus the accounting side, it, it gives you a different, you can see stuff through different angles and, and it kind of helps kind of, you know, connect dots a little bit easier sometimes. Yeah, Uh, for sure. And, and ultimately at the end of the day, by doing that kind of delaying it, it allowed you to be a little bit more mature. Um, because I, by the time I got to Baylor, I was still 17. And so I graduated, I think right at, right around 21. So you were on the younger, younger side. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of de facto, you, you just become more mature as it, you know, as you age. And so by doing all that after I graduated, it, it allowed me to be more mature and see things in a little bit uh, more logical and, and analytical way. So. Yeah, well, definitely a, a unique background to get you into <laughs> accounting. And then, okay, so after that, what was the path to Whitley Penn like? Did you, how'd you find Whitley Penn? Did you know someone at the firm? What led you? Because you've been entire career at Whitley Penn. So what led you to Whitley Penn initially? So it was actually through one of my, one of the accounting professors when I was doing my post-bachelor um, at the time knew an audit senior in our Fort Worth office. Um, they both went to TCU together and both uh, were both in the accounting program. So I, at that point I was, you know, being a non-traditional student, not in a normal five-year program. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do I do an internship? Do I find like, okay, well, I'm going to get married pretty soon. So I'd rather just have a job. Right. And yeah started exploring that. And that was one connection, you know, people were saying, well, here's this firm, here's this firm. So I was looking at the, you know, some of the larger firms and then this professor threw my name out to John Valance and our, our Fort Worth office came in for an interview and immediately just walking through the office with the people there. I was like, if I get an offer, this is kind of where, just because of culture, right? I mean, an interview is, is both sides. Do you fit and you know, and yeah. do you fit with them and, uh, and vice versa. And so walked away going, if I get an offer and luckily, uh, John extended one and started there. It worked out. 
Yeah, exactly. Now so, you're coming up on your 10 year anniversary. I know it's kind of crazy. That is wild. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I started, it was, we got married in May of 13, started June of 13. Yeah. So 10 year anniversary of birth, work and, um, and wedding. So, oh, okay. Well, you have a lot to celebrate this I summer. Do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, okay. So as a young professional, right, you're starting out in your career, kind of did, did some different things in school. Okay. Landed this accounting career. What were some of the biggest takeaways and learning experiences you had early on and, and how did they ultimately play a role in your both personal and professional growth? So I think the overall one was, um, and and I don't know if every every firm's like this, right? I would assume, but th- there were a couple of managers that are now partners, or even some of the partners there. You could easily see, hey, you can take owner. Like they always said, take ownership of whatever you're doing. And I kind of always look at it as doing the best work you can, right? And so taking that attitude of doing the best you can, but then Whitley Penn allows you to really kind of control your career. Where um, a couple of those those people would say, you can. If you want more work, more exposure, ask for it. Like yeah. it, and really take control of how you want to direct your career. And that's, and I think that's Whitley Penn in a whole of, okay, like if you can advance faster, great. We will yeah. we'll give you more work. We'll give you more exposure and let you kind of control your own destiny, for lack of a better word. So, yeah. Which I mean, you don't find at every company or within every industry. And so I, yeah. I totally agree with you. It's all about raising your hand. Um, they give us a great, a great opportunity to do that. Um, any other advice you have for young professionals just starting out in their careers who maybe they're feeling low self-confidence? Am I making the right decisions or even low motivation to get into the work field? What is your advice for them? Don't be afraid to ask somebody above you, whether that's a senior, a manager, or a partner. Um, I did, for example, and I, my first first years of staff, I I walked into Valance's John Valance's office and be like, I must be the most terrible staff ever. Like <laughs> I feel so lost, and and luckily he's you know as you get into the career and you stay longer, you see everybody kind of have that same learning curve of the first year you're just a sponge soaking it yeah. up. You're trying to figure out how to audit, trying to figure out software, trying to figure out how to do all that. Just soak it up, ask questions. And the next year, the learning curve gets a little bit less steep. Yeah. Um, and so my, my biggest thing would just be, be the sponge, ask the questions, you know, take, take good notes and, um, and always be on the, keep your head on a swivel to watch what other people are doing. Not to say that you have to incorporate what one, you know, person A does or person B but always take little tidbits of what they're doing, whether that's organization, communication, whatever, and try to take what you like that they do to mm-hmm. incorporate into your style. Um, yeah. So not to, not to be somebody else, but to take a little, little, like I said, little tidbits and you can make that your own. And then that way it's easy to incorporate and actually make that, that change. And so, oh, yes, I love, love, love that advice. I think, you know, we focus on like, the idea of mentorship a lot, which is, it's great. Like you got to have that, but what you just said of just finding these role models and it could be a bunch of them, right? People that are doing different things well that you like, or that you want to emulate as a, as you grow and and practice those. I think that is great advice is to just look around to those that are doing it the way you hope to do it one day. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, I will, I will not, I will not say I came up with that. That was again, 
some senior managers and partners that that would say the same thing when I started. Like, yeah, hey, this is how I keep track of X, Y, Z. Okay, well, that's great. I like the general concept and one or two of these things. Great. I can take that, incorporate yeah. that in my arsenal. And then I can take person B, the same, I like a few of those things. And then that way it's yours. And it's way easier to make it a day-to-day change that you can implement than because I mean everybody thinks different, everybody operates different. So what makes sense to you and implementing is what at the end of the day is going to be the easiest way to do it. Yeah. And it allows you to keep doing it, right? If you just do something because you're supposed to, well, that habit might not really stick with you down the road. Could work for a little while, but um you're not going to do it for the long term. So I love that advice. Um so You've evolved here at Willie Penn a lot, right? Probably both as much personally as you have professionally, you know, mm-hmm. just getting married right when you started your career here um, and spending your entire career here. How has the transition from staff to now senior manager looked for you? And were there ever any setbacks along the way? And how were you able to overcome those? So the one consistent throughout all that, um, a- again, you know, the, the people that are above you when you start talk about learning curves and learning curves and, and they've been spot on on every staff, like every step of the way, Hey, there's a learning curve your first year as a staff. And then you finally get an understanding your second year as a staff. And then you make senior and then you're completely lost again. And you, you, you have those things where you feel confident and then you don't feel confident, but then, Oh, I got more exposure. Okay. This isn't as bad as I thought. And so it's, but that also appeals to me at, in public accounting because it's something new all the time, right? And so my my biggest, I guess, change or, or evolution throughout has been instead of more detail-oriented, right, you're now more managing the entire engagement, but also client relations. But I mean, at the end of the day, you, you learn that from uh, watching people above you being in the field, right? That's where COVID was a kind of a drawback because you're not in front of the, the controller or CFO and being able to see, you know, to have an intern or staff or a senior, see how a manager or partner talks to a, a client um, right. so that on, on the site training is, was kind of bad during that COVID during that COVID time. Right. But yeah, um, yeah my biggest evolution has been more of a, a seeing it from a detailed, but seeing senior growth of how like a full audit works. How does client operations work? How do I better service our clients? Because at the end of the day, that's our job. Like how can we be the best, um, best person to help, help our clients out, whether that's a tax question, audit question, they're buying, selling, you know, trying to help them out. So yeah, you get to really start seeing the bigger picture and Mm -hmm. probably evolve with the client too, which, which is a lot of fun. Um, You're probably never bored too, right? Each level you're doing something totally different. Like you said, senior, you get to senior kind of like, oh shoot, like what am I doing? Uh, But you kind of work through that, be really uncomfortable for a little while. And then on the other side, it's it's really great. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's where I think Whitley Penn is great because even though you may be an experienced staff, we still try to get those individuals with experience of like, Hey, doing X, Y, Z is what a senior would do. So that way, when the senior role comes across, you're not a fish out of water going, I've never seen this before. It's, Hey, I've I've at least seen it. So the, the, I guess the, the unknown is not as much by the time they actually get to that. So, 
Um, and, and that's at the end of the day, that's where I think Whitley Pennant itself is trying to train everybody for the next level before they're even there. Um, yeah. And getting that exposure. So that way you're, it's a, it's a way easier integration of they just slide right into that role and it's more seamless that way. Yeah, 100%. So if people didn't catch this or don't know, you started in Fort Worth um, and then have recently now transitioned to our Midland Odessa offices. So how did that even come up? And ultimately, what made you decide to, to make that move? So I will I will say like Fort Worth was a, uh, even getting to Fort Worth to begin with was kind of a, a, a roll of the dice because it just happened to be grad school. Oh, I'll stay here. Um, and my wife's family is from the South Lake area anyway. So that kind of was an easy transition, but um, we acquired a firm, Johnson Miller in November of 2020. And I, I told our, our Fort Worth market leader, John Valance, I said, Hey, I'm, I'm open to movement, you know, depending on where it is and what, and what's, what's the option and, and um, availability. And if they basically, that was approached to me of, Hey, we, we have a, a firm and would it be, would it, would you entertain the thought of moving out there um, and start trying to help with, you know, a culture and bringing the Whitley Penn knowledge across after a post merger. And um, luckily another senior manager from Houston, also uh transitioned out here at the same around the same time so it's been a you know it's been obviously anytime you have uh, a disconnect of what Whitley Penn's ways was and trying to get that mm -hmm. that knowledge transfer but it's been great I mean everybody's been very very receptive very welcoming um but that's we approach the opportunity of well I'm originally from Ryan College Station can my wife you know Midland is very <laughs> similar similar transition but my wife was the biggest question I was like can you do it? And went out here, looked, and she's like, they just, Midland doesn't have the zoo like we were used to in, the, in Fort Worth. And I was like, is that a reason not to move? And she's like, nope, nope. So, and then here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, that also is like having that great support and what spouse partner around you is just as important, right? When you're making these big decisions. Absolutely. And that was where it, that was probably the biggest question when we came out because we initially, when when Felix and, and John kind of brought us to to my uh, to my attention, we came out and just looked at the city in general because the biggest question is, is your support network going to be happy? How? Because yeah. if if that isn't happening, no matter what you're doing at work, it's it's going to be hard on everybody. And yeah. so um, we came out and it was a very very easy transition to see that, Hey, we can, we're going to lose traffic time, which is <laughs> awesome. Right. Yeah. They have HEB, which Fort Worth didn't. So we were already like, all right, that's two for two. Um, we're getting there up here. Yeah. Well, and I was like, okay, central market's okay, but I really want, I really want my HEB. Um, and so it was one of those things of her, her support is what made the transfer very, very easy. Yeah. Um, I love that. Um, so let's talk about what the work you focus on professionally, what type of clients do you primarily work with? And ultimately, how do you envision your professional career growing? Is it by a certain industry or what do you want that to look like? So the primary industries out here, out here that I focus on are EBP, like 401k audits for, for companies, uh, manufacturing distribution, um, oil field services, 
Uh, and then some smaller EMP um, uh, clients that I've been kind of focusing on. So very, very similar transfer to what I was looking at in Fort Worth. Um, mm -hmm. And so ideally what I project going forward on, especially client-based would be just getting used to, hey, this is, here's some requests. This is how we kind of audit. And and it's not a, not to say anything if it was done differently or it was worse. It was more of how can we make sure our teams are being as efficient as possible and our client teams? Because at the end of the day, I want, I want them happy with what we're doing and seeing what we're doing and, and not to be frustrated with request and, oh, it's another audit. Like it, hopefully they're not, they're not dreading the audit. Right. And that's, hopefully that's the end goal is, mm -hmm. Hey, as we, we can both, both sides can get better every year so that it, it's a, it's a seamless, Hey, the audit's here, here's everything. Not frustrated. You know, the auditors are here. It's, it's, we're done. This is great. Thank y'all for showing up. And yeah, hopefully. <laughs> that's ideally. <laughs> I love that goal. So as you've transitioned now and grown into a leadership role, what are some of the things you love most about developing those younger future leaders? It's uh, it, it's seeing how what everybody in front of me has always said about, like I said, the learning curves and, and hmm. being lost and it, you get to see everybody in front of you was right, even though you may have not thought that at the time. You're like, well, what do they know? They, they you know, <laughs> I'm different. And it's they've been right pretty much every every step of the way. Um, and so seeing that and seeing uh, some, uh, you know, younger professionals coming in. And seeing that, but then also seeing how they're growing and being able to see the, the the dots connecting when you explain something. So they're starting to see, in, instead of a detailed picture, they start seeing more of the overall, this is why we're doing an audit. This is yeah. why we're doing this test. Um, and it, again, it's, it just comes from exposure and then explaining, hey, this is what we're doing. And then they start start seeing that growth is probably the coolest thing. Yeah. And the ultimate, I feel like the impact they're making too on both yeah firm for their clients it you know when you see that it allows you to build those deeper relationships right with the clients right we want to help you grow so i want to be you know your advisor and how can i you're not just showing up for work every day exactly exactly and and that's probably been one other thing like the the recruiting one one big refocus that we've kind of done has been more on campus recruiting um yeah. And we started, we've rolled out this year of hitting schools that we have historically not gone to, right? Like Utah, New Mexico State, Lubbock Christian, mm -hmm. Angelo State, and getting more in front of those younger students, getting the Whitley Penn name out there. Um, and then trying to, I mean, that's going to help grow not only our department, audit department, but that's exposure to more potential tax students. But then that's also, that's helping the firm in general. It's kind of a a bottom-up approach. And so yeah. um, that's been probably one of the the best things that I've seen so far is just the full support of, oh yeah, you want to, we haven't been at the school. You all mm -hmm. want to go? Great. All right, let's go give a presentation and talk yeah. about great Willie Pennis. And so. Yeah. And now you get to see it from like, that is how you grow the firm and the practice, right? You're bringing in those next future leaders, but, you know, kind of adding to the pipeline and getting to spend more of your time probably through that on the campus recruiting side of uh, focusing on that. I'm sure it's been a lot of fun for you. It is. And especially as in like my non-traditional route that we explained earlier, it's, it, 
you know, somebody's in a normal five-year program, great. Like you're, you fit the mold. Here's what we can do. But then it's also very easy to look at a student that maybe changed degrees and they're, you know, they got halfway through another undergrad degree, say engineering, and they changed. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not out of the norm. Look, I'm, (laughs) I, I didn't fit the mold and I'm here. So yeah, you know, to show that and, and, and tell other students that, that, Hey, you can still get into accounting just because you didn't do a typical five-year program um, option. Yeah. I think you bring a different perspective, right? Cause mm-hmm. those ones going through five year, right. They're targeted, you know, they're going to get heavily recruited, but like, there's a lot of other oper- like students that would make great additions that don't have that just five year, you know, perfect plan accounting background that would yep. be great fits. Exactly. Yep. And you probably can really see those and give them that encouragement and advice. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Hey, I'm a walking example. Like, (laughs) like, look at my background. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if I had to do it again and I, if I could reset, then yeah, five-year program would have been more simplified approach, but sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Whether something pops up, you change degrees or you had to take a break for some reason, whatever the case is like there it doesn't always happen the same way for everybody. So, um, yeah. you know, it's very easy to say, look, I'm, I'm here. I, I got an opportunity and that's, that's all I could ask for. So here you go. Yeah. And that's life. And I think that translates really well over to that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Could be from a coworker, boss, client, friend, family. What's one thing that's stuck with you? I I guess it would have to be wrapped up into I guess just taking ownership mm-hmm. and doing again, it's kind of a few different tidbits, but it's like taking ownership and then is this the best work you can do? And and it's more of a question than advice because if you can answer yes, great. You know, and if there's a difference in knowledge, okay, fine, then we need more training. That's a different, different question. But taking ownership of whatever you're doing usually allows you to do it to the best of your abilities. And whether that's audit, personal reason, whatever the case is, right? I mean, that you can, that applies throughout um, your career and personal, right? Because if you take ownership ownership of your marriage or ownership of parenthood, mm-hmm. well, that means you're going to be present, you know, from a parenthood or, you know, from a father's perspective of you're going to be present, you're going to be actively involved, you're going to be leading, Right. On the flip side, on the on the professional side, you're taking ownership of whatever role you're in. So yeah. you're managing, you're trying to train, you're trying to you're trying to service your client. So I think that taking ownership and and you know asking the question, is this the best I can do? I mean, you almost think, hey, if my my grandmother could see me and and I had to tell her, is this the best I could do? <laughs> would you feel comfortable saying yes? You know, yeah. Don't so, let don't let down grandma. Exactly no, but- <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. Is this the best you can do? And some days your, your best may look different than other days, but mm-hmm. I think it's ownership for what the moment you're in right now, being present, being intentional. Is this the best I can do? The best effort I can give to this? Yeah. I love yeah. that. I'm definitely yeah, and being able to, and getting, and getting to that point, like you're right. Like there's days you may have a case of the Mondays, right? And Okay, let me. I know myself probably I don't need to tackle this task at midnight. Okay. If it's really complicated, maybe I know I'm a better morning person. Let's let's maybe table this in the morning because then that way I can do the best. If it's a technical question for a client, let's do the best I can 
let me look at that the first thing in the morning rather than doing something uh, kind of a, with a foggy brain. Yeah. And so that way you can almost phrase that question and that way you go, Hey, I know me, I'm a better morning person. Let me tackle it then. And then that way I can do the best uh, guidance or answer or whatever the case is. So. Yeah, that is so good. You need like a picture in your office, a, a plaque. Yeah. That up in the, all of our offices as you walk in. That'd be great. That'd be yeah. next to the Michael Jordan. You know, you miss every shot you don't take kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best you can do. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay. So now, now some fun stuff. So new to Midland, right? Tell us what you love doing outside of the office. Have you got, you guys are all settled in now. What are some of your favorite things to do? So I would say golf, but with a, with a nice wait list on, on the country <laughs> club, I haven't been able to play as much as I can. Um, you can honestly, still find ways to play golf. You can't. I, and I still, I still get to the club and play. It's just it, but, and it, honestly, it's actually worked out best because what some of my favorite things to do being new to the city, right? So you're trying to expand your personal and professional networks. But then you also have, in my case, right, I have, I have a wife and two kids that are in a new city mm-hmm. trying to get the, trying to get everybody out and trying to get everybody happy. So it's not like I really have that much opportunity to play golf, but <laughs> you know, when, when I'm looking at it, it's like, Hey, where, where can I entertain a kid? And so mm-hmm. that's where it's a very broad answer. And when I say that, because what can I do to keep a, a toddler stimulated and just, you know, burning energy. And so we've started exploring all sorts of different parts, different, different way. Hey, can we, can she draw? Can we do chalk? Can we do this? And, and it's getting, you know, when you think you're tired and trying to keep your, your, yourself on your toes or trying to, trying to think of activities for, for a toddler. And you're like, I could just sit here and watch TV, but <laughs> that's not <laughs> gotta, happening. It's not happening. So like, what can I do? And you, so you got to you start being creative on, you know, what, what can we do to, to keep them playing. So, but yeah, Midland wise, like there's so many parks, there's so many different, uh, you know, every, I feel like everybody I see in every neighborhood is walking all the time. So it's like, Hey, great. We can walk to the park. Yeah. You know, getting, getting them, getting them busy and playing and having fun. I love that. So if you need park recommendations in Midland or Odessa, reach out to Jackson. Yes. Your park guy. <laughs> <laughs> As of now, you probably yes. see him around. So stop by and the, the, the dad chasing the toddler. Yes. Yes. You will definitely say hello. Yeah. Um, So if you could be doing anything else professionally right now, what would you be doing? You got different backgrounds. Maybe it's not even one of those things you studied. I mean, I I do. I would say still accounting because I really do love auditing. Um, You know, everybody has, but (laughs) if you gave me like unlimited financial backing, then I would love, you know, it'd be great to be one of these entrepreneurs because I, I really respect seeing some of these people that it it's not necessarily, Hey, I'm making money. It's the, it's the idea of the, the transaction or the mm-hmm. art of the deal. And yeah, again, like I, that's why I'm not a true entrepreneur because I'm like, I don't really want to go and risk that, but <laughs> seeing some of the the companies out here and some of the owners and, and that's any market, but seeing how they can, they can do and go buy this, sell this, buy this and, and create a company and then sell it and keep doing. If I had unlimited money, that's what I'd probably do. But Okay. <laughs> I like it. Well, I'm glad you get to work with them. So yeah. 
that, yeah. that keeps you inspired in that way. So that, that way you can keep your day job. Yeah. I mean, I, if you <laughs> asked me probably 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I'd have said something with, with medicine. Um, it, but I scratched that one off the table once you had to get through um, calculus and some other biology chemistry classes. So yeah, I was like, no, medicine's out for me. But you're a math guy. I, I, yeah, it, yeah. as much as I hate math, like I'm like, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm a CPA, but I hate math. So yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm shocked you didn't say like on the PGA tour or something. Yeah. I, I know my skill level. And you could be doing be anything. I, yeah, that there's a different level. There's no matter yeah. if you gave me my whole life to practice. It's, yeah. I know my skill level and I would not be able to get that good. Well, maybe just sometimes you, you sometimes, are great. well, you can't, you can't fight genetics sometimes, right? <laughs> Tiger Woods is a, is a freak of nature. There's no way I could, I could ever be that good, but wow. yes, if, if I could actually have that talent, yes, I would probably say that's out. what you would do. Okay. Yeah. I think that one's a pretty good one. I was trying to be realistic of like where I would be, <laughs> but yeah, golf would probably be the best one. Yeah. We can have a realistic answer and the more fantasy one as yeah. well. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so favorite restaurant in Midland or Odessa. Ooh, uh, and you can do say, kid, kid approved and date night. Oh, I, I, yeah. I'm not even worried about kid night. Uh, date night would be, I would say Opal's table. There was a new one that opened up, uh, cowboy prime. Actually it was a, the owner lives in Southlake. Oh, cool. um, he did the, I'm blanking on the other restaurants. He did like tables and I think maybe not waters, but anyway, so he opened, a um, one out here and it's, it's good. How fun, um, like a little bit of home. Yeah, it is. And it's a informal steakhouse, I guess you could say, uh, okay. but it's, it's fantastic. I so. love that. Winter or summer? Summer. Good. I agree. Favorite sport to watch? We might all know the answer. College football. Oh, wow. Okay. Go, go Baylor Bears, right? Yes. Yeah. It, well, <laughs> I love college football. I, I mean, I will watch golf. No, you're wrong. Um, if you come into my office in April, the masters will be going on all day, every day. Um, yeah. but consistently during football season, I have two to three games on all Saturday. So I love it. Well, I was going to ask in my head PGA or live, but that is probably a whole nother. We don't have enough time for that. down that trail. Um, yeah. I know my husband's a golfer, so I get like the, the sides people are taking. So <laughs> we won't even ask. It's the Hatfields and McCoys of the golf world. Yeah. Um, and lastly, I always love to ask people this, um, but what any books, podcasts, shows, recommendations you have for our audience. So this could be for something growth and development or just personal, right? We always need fun shows and, and podcasts to listen to. So what's currently grabbing your attention? So I've kind of gone down. All right. So I will say some book wise, like some, any of the Malcolm kind of Gladwell books, right? I mean, there's blink and I'm blanking all the, all his other ones, but they're all, they're all a good different perspective and how you can, you think about stuff. And, and it's, it's always interesting to see somebody else's thought process where you're like, Oh, I didn't even think about, think about it this way. Um, yeah. Which I think helps grow you personally and professionally. Right. Because it's a, it's exposing you to a different thought process. Um, lately I've been on this kick of, of like financial movies. So again, kind of dating myself as a CPA nerd, but <laughs> So like I was on Prime and it was one of these things of hey here's here's the Big Short yeah like, oh yeah I like that movie 
watched it. And then it just goes into this rabbit hole of here's another recommendation. Then you start thinking of other movies like, oh, well, the Enron movie. All right, I'll watch that. And then Netflix. Now it just builds it out, right? Things you're going to be interested in because you watch this. Exactly. And then you go. Yeah. And then any other app will have some recommendation. So like Netflix, Netflix had the Madoff. I think it's like a four episode thing. And it's, it's very interesting to see, especially as, you know, like Enron, for example, everybody kind of knew, okay, here it is. But as you, either you weren't in your career or you were maybe at the beginning part, whatever, you kind of watch these things from a different perspective, two, three, five, 10 years later, or in Enron's case, you know, 20 years later. And it's just different to, it's always fun to see how you can, you look at something differently as time passes. Yeah. Look at it through a different scope. So again, the financial movies are, or documentaries are kind of the, the interesting ones lately. There you go. Great recommendations. Well, Jackson, thank you again for joining me today um, and sharing your story with us. I know we all look forward to watching your continued growth and success, and we really appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Glad to do it. Um, Thank you for having me on.